Good afternoon and welcome to Susan Harmon Experience. She. So it's always good to, to be talking with my audience. They're the greatest bunch of people on the planet. And I have with me today a really wonderful, she's become a friend. She's yeah. become a friend. Uh, Tanya Swanson, she does a lot of amazing things besides hanging out with me. <laughs> We have a, a mutual, we met through a mutual friend, um, Connie um, Davis, and I just, I actually want Connie just to start calling herself Connie Renee from Italy. Uh, yeah, Does yeah. Does that sound better? It does. Everybody in the audience who wants to vote on this, Connie Renee sounds much better than Connie Davis, doesn't it? <laughs> okay, so I'm going to send her this show. <laughs> so Tanya and I have uh, a lot of things in common. We do. And um, what would you say? I mean, I know you do a, a variety of things uh, in terms of making a living. You're a mom. Yeah. Um, so um, essentially my day job is what I call it, um, <laughs> is I'm a graphic designer and marketer and I own my own business. And uh, so I work with a lot of um, corporations and people um to help them with their marketing, their logo designs, all of that. Um, so it's been a extremely creative outlet for me for a good portion of my, of my life. Um, and <laughs> but um, it it's it's been a wonderful way to kind of um, make a living and and I've enjoyed it and I still enjoy it. I still do it, um, but. I would say about um, really kind of four years ago, I had a traumatic change in my life. And with that um, trauma. Uh, Can you talk about the yeah, trauma? Yeah. So, um, you know, and I was spiritual before this, you know, Connie. Um, so I've been going, getting some healing with Reiki and been into crystals my whole life. Crystals? Um, you say crystals? I say crystals. <laughs> um, my, my forte. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so what happened was I, I was lightly involved in it, but it wasn't a big part of what I felt like was my path. And um, my dad got sick. Um, terminally sick, he ended up with cancer and was given two weeks to live. And he actually kind of made it about two and a half months. And so during that transition of someone who was extremely important, one of my best friends in my life, um, um, passed, there was, I would say there was this whole spiritual Big. awakening, like, like magnified and speeded up, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It's like this, there's this hole, this gap, mm -hmm. and it either fills with, with sadness and pain right. and going downward spiral, or mm -hmm. it shoots up right, and it, and it just expands out. And yes. who you, who you were supposed to be when you came into this life mm -hmm. blossoms. Yes. Would you say that that was yes. a good description? Yeah. Um, I think just dealing with Western medicine woke, oh my God, woke, it's horrible. woke me up to how pe they deal with the physicality of the disease, but they don't deal with the emotional, the spiritual, every other aspect of when, pe when someone is getting ready to 
Transi- yeah, yeah, transition. Yeah, um, to transition. And so it was really kind of a struggle to find someone to talk to about what was going on and and how that what this meant on a deeper deeper level and and I found it really even surprising like even though like we had like you know my my parents pastor and stuff come that it was really shallow there mm-hmm. wasn't I mean he came he prayed Blah blah blah. But it was like our thoughts and prayers are with you, right? And then it's and like, it doesn't mean anything. And, and it's then, I'm going through the emotions because this is what I do. Exactly. Yeah, this is my job, and so I'm going to go ahead and do it. Exactly. I'm going to shove this pile mm-hmm. of papers over to that side of the desk, yep. and, and yeah. it was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I did my duty. I came, and then he left, and um, but I felt like there wasn't a deeper spiritual and emotional connection at all, and I felt like my whole family was kind of floundering. Um, with that and um, as we were kind of processing it actually I would have to say you know my we moved my dad to into hospice care and that's where things kind of changed mm-hmm. um, I don't know if, if anyone out there has ever had this experience but I will tell you that the hospice nurses are amazing amazing most of them yeah we had a bad one i'll tell you about that later yeah the ones that we had were amazing and Mm -hmm. they actually provided more spiritual and emotional support and guidance than you know like our pastor from our church or anyone else and so it um it just kind of opened up all these questions and um you know my dad was seeing things that was really interesting because when I would ask the hospice nurse she's like oh yeah a lot of people who are getting ready to transition see this and then I was Mm -hmm. like really Mm -hmm. and then I started my intellectual mind started kind of going (laughs) why why is uh, so many people who are getting ready to pass or transition experiencing and seeing kind of like looking at their life and seeing what it meant and then they're seeing angels and And seeing exactly because they're transitioning from this dimension yeah and my dad was seeing like people uh his loved ones who have already passed Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. stuff so um he was getting messages as he was kind of transitioning and it was um kind of um you can't help but be affected by that (laughs) No, I mean, it does impact on you if you don't just shut it down and say, well, dad's hallucinating. Right. Dad is, uh, he's just not in touch with, he's he's hallucinating. And hallucinations are all a matter of perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I see something, I mean, I've talked about this on the show so many times. Yeah. We could say this table is solid. Right. But science tells us it's molecules constantly exactly. in motion. Right. You know, the molecules in the air, the molecules that make up the walls of the building, you know, all that. It's all it's all transitory. Right. And well, and then I think if it was a hallucination, why are so many people having the, the same hallucination? Why mm-hmm. wouldn't it be mm-hmm. different? Um, so that's really kind of what happened. And then the night that my dad passed, um, I we I ended up going to sleep, and I had probably the most uh, realistic vision. It dream. wasn't a dream. We call them dreams because we're out of body, right. but it's an experience. It was yeah. an experience, and so and I actually ended up having a lot of them, and then I started seeing 
repetitive numbers, 1111, 1111. I mean, it's to the the point of ridiculousness. Like I would purchase something at the gas station. It was 1111. I would drive up to the gas thing. It was 11. I mean, it was to the point where it was like, I didn't know much about numerology, but I was like, what? But you're not an idiot. And you know what? Yeah. But you know that. Why is this? Why am I seeing this number all All the time? time. Yeah. It was so crazy. And um, so when I started really looking, so I looked it up and then I realized that it was, it meant a spiritual awakening. And then I really felt that. And so with that, that's when I really started looking into Reiki and healing is that when you met Connie? Um, no, a little bit later, actually. Okay. Um, and so it wasn't, I took um, Crystal Reiki from Connie. Ah. So I, was, I met her through that way. Um, but yeah, it was just, um, it was, you know, spirit, I think, sending me not only little pebbles, but, you know, basically a two by four <laughs> a little bit. I'm a, I'm a little dense. So <laughs> got to get your attention. Whap. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I'm more of the Mack truck school of getting my attention. You know, I, like, I just got hit by a Mack truck. Well, oh, now I get it. Exactly. And so what, what I found, and so when I started doing Reiki, what I found, like, what Reiki opened up for me, and I, found, I, I see this with so many people, is waking up of other gifts. That I and abilities mm-hmm. that I never knew I had. It's almost like it's been a stepping stone in some ways for me. I, I it's like I just got this as you were saying that. I just got this vision of this box and and like, oh, look what's in the box. I didn't know. Wow, that right. fits nicely. Yes. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. Just right. picking out and 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 doing it that way. It's just it was very strong visual. Right. Well, and what I've um, kind of learned too is that. I've always had this, of course, and I was always using it, and I just didn't realize what it was because I just thought, like, this reality, well, everyone experiences visions. Everyone gets knowledge or information this way. Well, you know, it's, it's funny you would say that because I remember years ago my mom, uh, who has passed, but uh, when Shirley MacLaine's book, came out and talking about past lives mm-hmm. and all that. And my mother goes, well, doesn't everybody remember past lives? Right. Because in my family, it wasn't abnormal. It was right. just part of, you know, it was part of the whole uh, tapestry of your mm-hmm. life. You know, mm-hmm. that was a piece of things. And, um, and I will say I've gone a, a little bit different direction than right. either my brother or sister, but sure. um, well, I'm, I'm out there. Yeah. I'm, I like it out here. It's kind of nice. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just sit on a cloud together. Okay. <laughs> you know, no, it's, there's so much that we don't know. Mm-hmm. And if we're not always learning, what's, what's the point of being here it, in this dimension? Exactly. And so I think this whole spiritual change and awakening for me has really awakened me to a lot of things. Um, my abilities, and honestly, finding my true self, I, what I've realized lately is um, I let everyone kind of set a story of who I was. Oh, yes. We're kind of, I think women much more mm-hmm. so than men. It happens to men, too. Yeah. But sure. I think that uh, we get our story is told to us. Yes. Uh, rather than us telling our story. And we have to get to a certain place. Um, I watched uh, uh, a Stephen Colbert 
the Tonight Show thing with um, Zellweger. What's her first name? I'm just Renee. Playing. Renee, thank you. Yeah. Renee Zellweger on it. And, she, and he was asking her um, how did she feel that did she feel that the Me Too movement and all of this is shift in Hollywood and and she brought up well in mm-hmm. other industries, you know. And all. Well, it was, and, and she said something I thought was very telling. She said. Um, well, the young women have never had to experience the thing. To them, this reality that they're in now is the reality they know. And I and I had mentioned to you, we talked about this a mm-hmm. little bit before we started doing this recording, was that um, I remember my mother having to ask my father's permission to get right. a part-time job. Right. Yes. I mean, that, that's just unthinkable today. Yes. Absolutely. So, so they're not starting where my mother's generation or my generation, because I remember when my husband and I were first together in San Francisco mm-hmm. before I threw away the girdle and the bra and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> discovered the hate Ashbury, uh, <laughs> which was an awakening of sorts. Right. <laughs> and uh, 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 we both worked. Mm-hmm. But I would come home and he would watch TV while I fixed dinner, wash the dishes. Exactly. He'd say, watch this show with me. So I was in there in the commercials doing all of the things, doing the laundry, doing that. You know, I had two jobs. He had one, mm-hmm. you know. And now that changed. Yes. As we progressed in our relationship. Yes. And that's what's kind of been changing for me as well. I'm, uh, you know, my mom um, is a little older and I grew up just realize, you know, my mom did everything. Um, and it was a very clear um, division, divi- of labor. division of labor. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mom didn't work the same as my dad and my dad did a lot of stuff. So they had a clear division. So it worked for them. Um, they had traditional division of labor, but they did have a, a division of labor. What I had discovered in myself is I've been, been told my whole life, um, you know, you're such a, you're such a nice girl. And so <laughs> a little did they know. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, um, with that, I'm like, well, if I'm a nice person, then I can't do this or I can't expect this or I can't do this. I, and so as I was living other people's story of right. what they think a nice person should be. And I, and so it was actually my 10 year old daughter who spoke wow. the wisest words to me, who kind of, who really kind of opened me up to this idea. I was telling her one day, you know, Kira, you need to be more nice. And she looked at me, this 10 year old girl, and she said, mom, what did nice ever get you except being a doormat? And I was wow. like, wow. Whoa. There's <laughs> Beth Hart has my new theme song. Yeah, yeah. Beth Hart is one of my favorites. I said that to you. I've been sending this song out to a lot of people. Like this, my new theme song. It's uh, it's called the Bad Woman Blues. Bad Woman Blues. Mm -hmm. I'm a bad, bad, bad bad woman woman blues. blues. And and there's a line in there that says, uh, oh, she goes. Uh, I, I, I ain't your mama. I ain't your Mm -hmm. wife. I ain't the one that's going to make you make it right. Right. She says, good girls always lose. Always lose. And so now we've got a song that's out Mm -hmm. that I personally am sending to a lot of people (laughs) because, (laughs) because, but it uh, spoke, it spoke to me too. Didn't it speak to you? Every woman I've sent it to felt something from that. And, um, so Beth Hart is, is speaking for us. Mm -hmm. So there's more and more of that kind of thing happening. And that's what Zogaboy was trying to say is when you've never had that experience 
and your reality is a different reality, then you you're starting from a different a different base. Absolutely. I mean, this is the one I don't want everyone goes. Well, you know, the indigo children and the crystal children mm-hmm. and all this. I'm like, yes, but they have a support system exactly. that my generation, the generation did not have prior to me. Now mm-hmm. I had that support system because I come from a weird family, right? You know what I right. mean? It's like my come from a family where people remember other lives, right? Yeah, right. but people my age they say, well, that that wasn't what happened in my family. And, you know, women that didn't obey their husbands got lobotomies in the mm-hmm. early part of the 20th century. Right. Right. No, that's not that long ago. Yeah. I mean, it's still, and it still affects, I think it still affects us. And so when I started realizing that I was living this other life that was comfortable for everybody else, I was, and you had to quit being you. Uh, yeah, I didn't know who I was anymore. I actually so, lost So after myself. she said that to you, and it was like a thunderbolt. Yeah. What steps did you take to actualize being who you are then at that point? Right. So it's been a process. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it, I love those thunderbolts because they wake you up, mm-hmm. but then you have to kind of, I mean, you have to go through a process, right? Because, um, you know, you don't just shed 40 some years of, um, of living. right. And, yeah. I mean, and, and patterns. Um, so part of my process has been, um, last year I did, uh, ayahuasca mm-hmm. and, um, had some awakenings there and, and processing a lot of, um, like, I guess my hardest part was finding out who is Tanya. Okay. I'm not that person, but who am I? And then, realizing I'm not that nice person. No, you're not that people think I am. I'm kind and I'm caring, but nice is weak and submissive in my, in my viewpoint. And I'm not that. And I think I've been struggling with that for so long. And so the last year has really just been kind of like, how old is your daughter now? (laughs) She's 15. Okay, so and you've had four years. So I've had four years of like, you know, in that four years, like my dad died and and all of this stuff has happened. And I've just slowly been what I call taking my power back mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and being okay with people like not thinking I'm not nice. I'm okay with that. I'd rather they think See, I'm smart or I'm talented or I'm <laughs> I'm strong. I'd right. rather be seen that way than, oh, well, Tanya's a nice person. Well, you have that look about you. Yeah. You have that mom look. Sure. And I, I think a lot of times people don't realize. You can come in under the radar right. with that look of yours. Yes. You really can. And then whap, there are they in for a surprise. Right, right, yeah. right. Because you're, you're so intelligent. You're so creative. Uh, and it doesn't come across that way. You're mm-hmm. like, look at me. I'm the nice mom. Right. And, you know, I bake cookies, you know. <laughs> and I don't bake I know, all. but you know what I mean. <laughs> but, but it's that kind of a... And I actually do, but I have the attitude, which I've, I have willingly mm-hmm. developed of like, I really, and, and let me tell you something. It's, I've come a long way, baby. Mm-hmm. When I was a little girl and my father hollered at me, I would throw up. Right. Okay. I was, I was such a strong empath. I don't care what anyone says about me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have, I'm here. I'm going to have a good time. I am going to have a good time. And that's definitely where I'm going. You know, let's um, let's go potty. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) 
And so there, there would have been times where like even my husband and unfortunately uh, he started seeing me that way mm-hmm. because I was portraying, I was, I you were was, acting it out. You I were was living acting it. it out. And I, and I think it was confusing to him because that at, when he first met me, I don't think he saw that about me. And then I just became, I kind of developed that role of the nice person, nice girl. And um, good girls and, always yeah. lose. And he was, <laughs> I think he was confused. He didn't know how to react. And, and it's been interesting to watch him react to this new. New Tanya. Yeah. And. He likes it. Like, well, he, a strong you know? man. You know, my, my, my mother had girlfriends uh, who she used to say, yeah, they got married when 13 and had all their kids when they were 11 because you right. know, they got older, but their age didn't. Yeah. And they would say to, to me when I was a teenager, Susie, don't be so smart. Men don't like smart women. Mm-hmm. And my mother looked at me, who was an incredibly intelligent right. woman, and she said, honey, Stupid men like stupid women. <laughs> smart men like smart, smart women. women. Yes, and I, that stayed with me. Right, and I and I realized it was true. Right, you know? it, it's so true because um, I know my husband's mom had been telling me over the years, and um, you know, my husband and I have been married for almost twenty five years, so this is a long time of, you know, quarter she would, of a century. Yeah, she had been telling me over the years, like you know, men don't like strong women. Men don't like smart women what men want women to be submissive and and i remember only in the bedroom and not even then some men like it when women take control in the bedroom too that's definitely true when i said that to my husband my husband was like why are you listening to my mom i I didn't marry my mom i married you knowing that you were not like that right and i was like oh well, that's good to know. What the hell am I doing? You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be something he didn't even want, and not who you were anyway. Exactly. So it's really, it sounds to me like your husband has a good grasp on who you are. I think so. Um, even though he may fall back into being a little boy. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't think they can help that. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, he, I think he loves that I'm when I'm a strong smart, successful. I think he, I think he really likes that. I think he's really attracted to that, to be honest with you. Yeah. And and I really do think that uh, men who themselves uh, want a full, complete life, Mm -hmm. who don't want to just live in a little box that, you know, you get up in the morning, you, you know, you, you, uh, either if you're working uh, with your hands, you just get up and get dressed and, you know, each breakfast go to work. If you're working in a suit, you get up, take a shower, Mm -hmm. you know, get dressed and, you know, and, and go to work and then you do that. And then you come home and you eat dinner and maybe watch a couple hours of TV and then you do it all over again the next day. Yeah. He's not like that. Right. And that makes a huge difference. He's not willing to settle. Well, I think my husband is willing to let me do all the work, as most people are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that I've, since I've been speaking up lately, like, hey, you got, I work a lot of hours, too. I have my own, I have two businesses I'm trying to run. We have and two, I, and two. we definitely want to talk about your businesses, both yeah. of them. When we come back from break, um, we're going to take a short break. And and then uh, we're going to come back and talk about that more. Yeah. But go go ahead and finish your sentence. Uh, well, basically, when I confronted him and told him I needed him to step up and help, he did. 
That's good. Yeah. That's good. I know that in, in my house, I initially started by doing all this, but then he did the floors. Right. We also had a vintage clothing shop where we had a steamer book. Oh, there was a lot of ironing involved. Yeah, yeah. I don't like to iron. He does, did all the ironing. You know, <laughs> now, now he swept the middle of the floor. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? <laughs> but I did the cooking, but he'd wash the dishes. Sure. I mean, do you know what I mean? It's so a partnership. We kind of fell into that. We, mm-hmm. we moved. We, we grew. Yeah. And I think that you either grow in a relationship or you get a divorce. Yeah. you know it's that simple it is that simple truly yeah because if there's nothing there and sometimes I think people just both people kind of outgrow where they were and they have to go somewhere else yeah you know yeah I don't think there's any one rule that fits everybody you know yeah you have to find your own path and your truth you definitely do Mm -hmm. and whether you're living with someone or married to someone I don't see that a piece of paper makes any difference one way or the other it's what what's going on with you how how truthful are you with yourself that's where you have to start Mm -hmm. if you aren't completely honest with yourself nothing works nothing works right right you know you you can't play those head games with yourself and Mm -hmm. come out okay well we're going to talk more about your uh both of your businesses i'm really interested in business number two (laughs) okay (laughs) well yes you're a really great graphics person Mm -hmm. but you are also very talented in other areas yes yeah. And uh, I want to really get into that. So stay tuned to Susan Harmon Experience. She, more scintillating talk on uh, KKNW's Alternative Talk Radio. Stay tuned. It's almost- Walter Pollan, author of the book Evolution of the Spirit and the Freeware Astrology Program, Astrolog, offers an amazing tool, specially designed for the spiritual seeker, the Labyrinth Oracle is an easy-to-use divination card deck to help guide one through the twists and turns of the maze of life. This deck comes with 109 unique cards with detailed interpretations for each card. Purchase options include a sparkly line drawstring bag and a wood box to store your deck. The Labyrinth Oracle was created by a brother and sister team. Walter designed the system and his sister Kathy brought the cards to life with colorful illustrations. To get your copy, visit astrolog.org slash oracle.htm. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed Martin Soa for the first time with his fascinating life story called The Other Side of Success, a tale of mastery and mystery. On Saturday, Catherine Alice returns with her annual visit to tell us unusual ways that couples have gotten together and how you can do that even in a pandemic. Bringing you fascinating talk one hour at a time since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Going our own way every day. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Susan Harmon Experience. I'm here with Tanya Swanson, and we're we've been talking about being a woman. Basically, mm-hmm. we 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 weren't sure where we were going <laughs> we with were. this, but that's kind of where we went. Yeah, and I yeah. think it's I think it's an interesting perspective with everything is happening with the with the rising of the great mm-hmm. feminine uh, coming in. And and I know that you are an incredible graphic artist, mm-hmm. but Java. Another thing you do too. Yeah. Um, so I have another business. Um, I'm a Reiki master. So I do Reiki healing sessions and I also um, teach Reiki. Um, so it's been kind of uh, calling the healing 
has been a huge calling. Like I said earlier, when my dad passed and looking for that greater healing, I think not only for myself, but um, my true love and passion is, is helping other people kind of discover. I actually, I have so many people in the spiritual community who don't like working with people who are not very spiritually opened yet or awakened. And I have the newbies. I actually am the opposite. I like working with the newbies um, because I think I remember being there so much and wishing I would have had someone who, you know, more, who was more open to teaching and understanding that this is all new to me instead of acting like, oh, why don't you know You're so this? annoying. You're so well, annoying. And here, he, go look it up. Go do your own research. Well, here, I encourage. I, I, that's a yeah. good thing, too. But the other thing, too, is a lot of times, I think, Mm-hmm. The people that think they know so much may not know as much as they think right, they know. Right, right. And people get into, well, this is the way I learned to do it. Yes. And maybe that doesn't work for person B or C or D. Uh, yes. It might work for person G or H, but do you know what I mean? Right. There isn't one way to do it. There isn't. A, I mean, I had someone that said, well, there's no such thing as psychic smell. I said, well, I do. I get yes. psychic smell all sure. the time. You know, I mean, I get it. Okay. You know, I get it occasionally. And uh, we kind of touched on this a little earlier. Um, when I started Reiki, I, I, um, I always knew I was very empathic. I felt people and then all of these abilities kind of just really blossomed. And then I found out other abilities. So I started having, um, past loved ones come into Reiki sessions and, mm-hmm. um, and just more, I always, felt like, oh, I'm not clairvoyant. And then I realized, wow, actually I see a lot. Um, and then just doing other stuff. I've had experiences with clair, um, smells, um, and sounds, clairaudience and, and all of that. So it was always there. It just kind of helped me open up to realizing that, oh my gosh, this is really how I've been getting stuff. And I, and again, it's letting people tell me my story instead of just really. Well, you know, it's interesting because again, that's, I think the difference in the patriarchal and the matriarchal. Mm -hmm. Patriarchal, we want to have little boxes. Right. You are a medium. You are a duodity. Yeah. You are. And like I use this example all the time. My younger daughter's a dental hygienist. And Mm -hmm. one of the girls in the office where she was working said, well, what exactly does your mother do? (laughs) And and Rachel said, it's really kind of hard to say what my mother does. (laughs) She does whatever it is that the person needs. Yes. And she just doesn't know ahead of time what that's Mm -hmm. going to be. It could be, you know, uh, toning. It could be giving advice. It could it could be uh, telling you what your uh, your husband who passed says. Uh, It could be, you know, moving energy Mm -hmm. and and all of a sudden your neck's not hurting anymore. You know, do you know what I mean? It 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 depends. It could be physical. It could be emotional. It could be mental. It can be spiritual. It can be any of these things Mm -hmm. and it can be all of them put together. So, and, and like, I never know what I'm going to do. Right. I mean, I just, I don't, well, like even, I'm going to talk just a little bit. Is yeah, that all right no, with you about yeah. your, you did a session with me about a week ago. Right. And it didn't start out the way I usually do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it started out completely differently. I'm like, well, this is a little odd. 
but your guides are hollering at me so loudly mm-hmm. that I'm supposed to do this right now. Right. And the thing I did that we talked about before mm-hmm. we started, and it was really important, which I didn't know it was important to you. Right. I had You hadn't said anything. I had not said a word But it was so it. strong, and it was exactly what was on your mind. Yes. It was exactly what I was on my mind. And and so part of that, what I've learned is, yeah, you have to be flexible and adaptable. Um, and so what I've kind of discovered, not just in the Reiki community, but just in the spiritual community to some degree, is everyone thinks that there's a certain protocol protocol or way mm. and um i and i think this comes from being a creative for most of my life mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. i'm kind of like oh i don't this is a everything to me is a guideline or a suggestion yeah so i kind of <laughs> like the speed limit right right yeah, right i like the speed limit like well they is- suggest i do you know 35 but i think 50 feels better to me <laughs> And so much of that. And so what I've discovered um, is that I'm not really a tie. I'm not a person who's really tied to schedules and format and processes and blah, 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 because right. that's just not who I am as a creative and um, all of that. So I think that I'm much more, I'm, I'm like you. And I think that's where we resonate very well together is that it's really easy for me to have someone come in and be like, sometimes we are, don't really do much Reiki. We spend most of the session talking because that's what that person really needed needed more than anything. Yeah. That's what I have found that when I, um, when I am getting the message to do that, I listen to the message. Mm-hmm. It is not up to me to decide what that other person yeah, needs. Exactly. It is up to their guides to tell me what I need to do on this level for them to get what they need. Yes. And that's a lot of what I tell my students too when I teach is um, I've had experiences where, you know, you pick up information and you have no idea what it means. And you will tell that person and they might not react to you in person. So you think, oh, I didn't get it right. Or maybe I shouldn't have said anything. But like I've had clients come back two days later and like, you know what? I really thought about what you said and it really made this huge difference or it really it really made me look and reflect. And so sometimes people just don't have we're always as, you know, um, people were always looking for immediate immediate gratification, gratification. and a good explanation yeah. on why it happened this way or that. So, I mean, like doing mediumship, I had this woman, I kept saying, you know, her dead husband was talking to me and I'm like, okay, he said this now like about three or four times, mm-hmm. but it didn't sound like him. So I just kept ignoring it. Right. But this is what he wants me to say to you in these exact words. And I said it and she burst into tears. Right. And I'm like, oh, God, what have I done? And she, she said, no, that was the last movie we ever watched together. Right. That was the line. It was his favorite movie of mm-hmm. all times. Mm-hmm. And he saw it just before he died. Yeah. And and do you know what I mean? It was like that was him telling her everything she's telling you is coming from me. Me. Yeah. Because I would have no way of knowing that. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So then all the other things. And then I remember when I got to his memorial and this other guy that had been with her while she was talking mm-hmm. to me on the phone. He said, it was unbelievable what you were saying. Nobody knew the things that you, because that's how you know if it's real. Right. And, and so then when people say, well, what am I thinking? I'm like, I don't know what you're thinking. What do you, I mean, you know, yeah. well, that isn't how you test me. 
And if you're going to test me, you can take a walk. Right, right. Yeah, I'm not interested in proving myself. I don't have to do that. To anyone. Um, and I'm really, I really am all about people being skeptical. All about people I, I being think skeptical. So too. I'm skeptical. If I don't yeah, know, me too. If I don't know someone very well and they give me a message, um, I take it into consideration. And I think what I tell um, my students and people I work with is, you have to like feel. How does it sit and feel with your body? Because mm -hmm. if it feels right, then it, it's probably a message that you really needed. If it doesn't feel right, it just feels all wrong. You know, you have to check in with your guides and your intuition. And, and so and that means that. you have to use all parts of you. You have right. to use your intuition, your intellect. Yes. Your, you know, and that inner tuning fork, man, mm -hmm. that's the one where you, you know, I've had things where I'm just like almost hearing this voice going, no, <laughs> like, all right, got it. <laughs> right, know? right. And and sometimes it's a, uh, you have to go at your own pace, too. Right. So don't let right. people tell you that. Um, I hear this all the time, and um, it bothers me a little bit, is, well, I'm more, you know, I'm just much more advanced. Or I'm like, what does that even mean? Advanced from what? I, I don't know what that means. And we all have our own way and our <laughs> own time of doing things, and Absolutely. that's the right way. Hey, listen, whatever your ego needs is fine with right, me. Right, right. That's usually my response. I mean, I had I used to sell um, crystals at uh, Norwalk Northwest Astrology mm -hmm. Conference, and I have very rare stones. Well, you right. you've seen some of the stones yeah, I still have, and I and by the way, October seventeenth, uh, big event here. Uh, but anyway, uh, I have a lot of things, and and the woman that runs Norwalk, uh, you know, uh, had come by with this other woman going into the room next to mm -hmm. where my booth was, and. And uh, I said, she said, oh, yeah, you should look at her. So, oh, I have a friend that deals in stones. I don't need to look at anybody else's. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, fine, whatever. You're lost. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, I, you know, I turned around to this other friend who's standing there with a mouth open. I can't believe that woman just said that to you. Right. I said, honey, it doesn't matter. I have bought a stone retail in mm -hmm. a store because that stone called out to me. Right, right. So, and I buy, you know, tons wholesale. So, if that's the stone I want or need, I'm going to get that stone wherever it is. Exactly. I remember I went to, um, speaking of that spiritual kind of ego, um, I went on this trip to Sedona with a few people. And one night, I, I didn't know her very well. She came in and um, came with us. And we went into a crystal store, of course, in Sedona. What else do you do? And uh, you I, go get margaritas. Right. <laughs> well, that too. Yeah. Um, but we ended up going into a crystal store and I remember like looking, they had like, they had just gotten in a shipment of amethyst. And, mm -hmm. um, so I was looking at their new shipment of amethyst and I was like, Oh wow, they have some really beautiful pieces here. And she was like, oh, I don't buy amethyst anymore. That's a beginner stone. <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? I didn't even know what that meant. I was what like, does that beginner? mean? So, I'm like, what? What do you mean? Well, and I was like, well, I love amethyst. So if one of this these amethyst calls me, I'm going to take the amethyst home with me. Right. But I was just, I thought it was. What does that mean? I was just thought it was hilarious. And um, there are no, there's beginner people, not beginner stones. Right. <laughs> that's what. That's what. And and she was one of those like, well, I don't really want to deal with people who are just getting into the new 
their spirituality because I'm, I want to work with more advanced people. Well, but see, that is, that's another um, mis- um, mistake, misnomer, so wrong. Too. Because I did a session on a woman mm-hmm. who had never, was not into metaphysics, yes. barely did it. Yeah. And she sat up on the mm-hmm. massage table in the pyramid and the room, I've never had this before, never since, the room just disappeared. Mm-hmm. And she's in her light body. And I'm in my light body. It's this blue-white light instead of physical hands. And she's sitting up, and she's like, am I as beautiful as you are? And I'm like, "Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, I was like, wow, this is amazing. So who's a beginner and who's evolved? I mean, you don't know what anybody is or isn't or where they are at their soul level. And if you're going to shut every door except this one door you mm-hmm. think is the door to go through, you're going to miss a lot of good stuff. I, I, I truly believe that. I know that when I kind of discovered my mediumship, um, I went to a mediumship class because I was just like, I don't even know how to control it. It was like getting out of and control. You can't control. Um, they mm-hmm. were just coming in all hours of the night. Oh, like, well, that one you can say. <laughs> right. So I was, no, take a number. Exactly. And I didn't realize that until I took um, Tina's class. And I met a woman in there who had never, didn't even know what a chakra was. Yeah. And she is one of the most gifted mediums I have ever met in my life. Like she, she's crazy gifted uh-huh. and she, like she literally it's just normal for her. yeah she she just didn't even but she didn't know like the terminology or right. all and, of this and silly. do you need the terminology right no, no. no. Well, it's all. just like when I got into my 20s and people were talking about astral projection I'm like god that sounds really cool mm-hmm. and the more they explained it you're like I do that went, all the time <laughs> well, my sister and I always call that traveling sideways in time <laughs> I know. That's, that's not good, traveling right. sideways in time. Yeah. That makes sense, you know, and, and so that was what we called it as kids because mm-hmm. that's what we did. Right. So the words don't make anything. And energy points, what's the difference between the energy points and chakras? Chakras just sounds cooler. Right. You know, that's all. Yeah. And so what, I, what I've what i kind of discovered even with myself is just because I don't know so one of the things a friend of mine and I have been talking about is these people who read all these books and they have all this knowledge, but it's shallow and surface. Surface, right? right. Because they haven't really take. They just devoured everything they can about everything, and so they spew it back and they out. can spew it back out. But there's no deeper understanding mm-hmm. or. Um, resonance with it and or emotion tied to it so they just read all this stuff and then oh i'm a spiritual person and this is what this book said and they have not really kind of gotten to a deeper understanding within themselves about it i totally agree with you i used to be a a plus two well i actually got up to a plus three Mm -hmm. okay i'm like a 12 14 right all right so it, it was part of it is was armoring you know, sure. in terms of mm-hmm. being when you do this work, you yeah. know, and grounding, yes. you know, and all that. So those are pieces of it. And um, this woman said to me one day, well, I, you know, I said, well, I transmute, you know, mm-hmm. things. And she goes, well, how can you at your way? How could you possibly transmute yeah. anything? Right. I said, so are you telling me that Buddha couldn't transmute anything? Right. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? She said, what? I said, well, he wasn't exactly skinny. He wasn't model material. Right. So is that what you're saying? That Buddha, you know, was too Mm -hmm. fat to transmute Mm -hmm. anything? Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
know? Right. And and you could see she's she was trying to think about it and discarding it and then having it come back around right. again. And, you know, I'm like, I guess maybe you want to give that a little thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Cause like I've struggled with my weight too. And, um, I just had someone tell me last week that like, kind of give me this lecture of the fact that I didn't look the part. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and so that was, I was just like, okay, what does that even mean? And so, and that's back to someone telling your story. Oh, right. To you. And so my argument to her was, well, what I can say is maybe I'm, I am what I'm supposed to be. Why are you questioning spirit? And she's like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, maybe I'm supposed to be this way because there's a lot of women out there who are not a size two who need healing. Mm -hmm. And are they going to be comfortable going to a size two little girl who's never had had to deal deal with with what they're dealing with, dealing with? And maybe they're going to be much more comfortable coming to me who's who's struggling with her own weight problems and going, this girl, this woman gets it like and. And I said, I'm, I'm probably more approachable because I, I'm not intimidating mm-hmm. and all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And I said, how do you know that there isn't a bigger plan for me to be where I am? Because I always feel like if, it, if I was meant to be skinny, it would be so much easier to lose mm-hmm. the weight and everything that yeah. I'm supposed to be. Not that I'm saying like, oh, I can just eat and do whatever I want and not take any personal responsibility. But I was... Well, you have a pretty healthy attitude, though. Right. And so I'm just kind of like, hey, like, don't we all healers should come in all shapes and sizes. That's right. Everybody should. And and there's no one rule. So this whole idea that everybody should be at this weight, mm-hmm. everybody should be at this I look blood pressure, yeah. everybody should have this sugar level. It is all these right. things are not true. Right. And, well, and, and don't let the, the medical. Right who is controlled by the pharmaceutical mm-hmm. companies because the best thing they know how to do is to write a prescription. Right. Well, and I think it's another, and getting back to the whole Me Too movement and the the divine feminine, the rising up is, you know, women pushing back on, you know, on who this, you've decided I am. Right. Or what's acceptable as beauty. Right. Right. And, and you know, what was what two centuries ago, the more voluptuous mm-hmm. you were, the more mm-hmm. attractive you were. Right. You know, so, so it, it, are you going to go by style? Are you going to go by who that person, that right. human being is and what the gifts are they have to offer? Yeah. If you don't look at every single person that enters your life as having a gift mm-hmm. to share, then you're not seeing them. Right. Exactly. So we're uh, we're coming now down to the wire on this. We've got a few more minutes. Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering if there's anything that you want to make sure that we share with the audience, because we've been doing a lot of talking. I know. I know. Um, Well, I think the biggest thing that I've kind of come to and I'm I'm just really kind of diving into and maybe you can say something to this Susan but um, I think this kind of could relate to a lot of the people out in the audiences what I'm is is forgiveness and self-forgiveness yes Um, so part of my journey um, that I've just kind of awakened to a little bit is learning this to forgive people I realize I'm a grudge holder are you (laughs) I am 
Are you are you one of those secret grudge holders? I'm kind of like that. I kind of mm-hmm. just don't talk about it, but I'm like, well, you know what? That yeah. person's a real. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to forgive yeah. them. And I think that's all playing into this idea of victim, victim. Exactly. Being exactly, a victim exactly. and, and my story and um, all of that. So trying to, to look and dive into that has really been um, a new Thing that's really kind of open to me that's coming into to my my journey and I think that you you struck the right chord there when you talk about it it ties into being a victim mm-hmm. when you still give those people I mean I worked with a woman who who's in her mid-60s and is going on talking about what her mother did when she was eight years old mm-hmm. and I'm I'm like, you've carried that for 60 years. Are you going to keep giving that power right. in your life? Exactly. You know, let it go and be free yourself. Yes. Free yourself. That's the important thing. That is the important thing. And then it ties back to that. I have to look at those people that I felt like that did me wrong as they didn't do me wrong. There was possibly a, a higher spiritual agreement that we made that that person taught me a lesson and what was that lesson? Right. And how Something can I needed. not forgive them for right. that? Um, so that's been kind of hard for my brain to kind of wrap around, but I'm right. trying to get there. But it's releasing being a victim yes. and saying, you know, whatever happens is for my benefit. Exactly. And once you get that, whatever happens is for your benefit even if it's painful at the moment. Sure. It will. And it also gives you something. Well, let me look and see what my part was right, in that. Right. That's a little tougher. That is you know, self-examine. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What did what did I do in that? I, of course, I'm referring to you people out there, right, not myself, right. because I'm absolutely perfect. We're truly, <laughs> truly not perfect. And so. Well, um, and yet we are. Right. Everything is perfection. It's just not maybe this artificial idea of what perfection is. You're right. You're right. You know? So um, I think that's where I'm kind of going. And I would love um, your audience to kind of think about that because I think that is where really self healing comes that's from. where the power lies mm-hmm. real power is knowing you have no power. So <laughs> exactly. And so that whole living an empowered life kind of comes full circle Doesn't um, to forgiveness and self-forgiveness well folks i think we've come to full circle here because we have wrapped that up as beautifully as it could ever be wrapped up and i do want to leave you with this one thought this is a very good thought it's something i try to do every week and that my friends is to keep on dancing <laughs>